Welcome to the Calvary Chapel Naples Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by this week's message. For more information about this podcast and other Calvary Chapel Naples resources, please visit us at ccnaples.org. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the fact that you speak to us through through words and through your spirit, that you strengthen us as believers and followers of Jesus, and that you saw fit, Lord, to to give us these, these, these messages and these words, Lord, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to correct us, and to guide us in the ways of righteousness, Lord. When you, when you set us free, when we receive Christ, uh, you, you set us free into a freedom that we, we never knew before when we were trapped in the bondage of sin, when we were trapped in the bondage of self. And Lord, you come to teach us again today how to experience more and more and more of that freedom as we follow you, Lord. Take us, Lord, out of the prisons of self and sin and deliver us and teach us in Jesus' name we pray and ask. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You know, that, that entire enterprise of PRC is a, is a pretty amazing ministry. Um, and I would like to encourage all of you, if you're not involved in some way, to, to be involved in this event. Because it's a great way of kind of putting your, your toe in that, I guess I would call it a beautiful battle. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, I don't know about you, but there was a part of me that was like, oh, wow, we've, we've accomplished something. We've crossed a line. But the, the truth is, the battle is totally raging. The battle for, for people, the battle for children is continually going. And that's because this is always about a spiritual battle. There's the outside, there's the thing that you see, but then there's the inside, right? And so even as much as we are, are kind of participating or helping in this outward this enterprise, it's all about prayer. It's all about fighting the battle on the inside of what's going on in our society, what's going on in our culture, what's going on in you and me. And this passage we're going to read about this morning is all about that inward versus outward thing as well. What are you like on the inside? What are you like on the outside? What do you show people? And who are you really? This is something that we always deal with as, as people, right? We have a certain kind of visage, right? How you see me, how I see you. But then there's the true us. What are we really like on the inside? And Jesus in this passage, of course, this is a, this is a, a portion that we're studying today from a much larger message about the, the nature of sin, the nature of, of humanity, and now we get into this particular passage, we kind, of, we kind of hone in on this issue of the inward person. Who are we really? And what are the motivations or the things we do? So read with me, please, chapter 6 of Matthew, beginning in verse 1. Take heed, Jesus, Jesus tells them, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. 
Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. This issue of, of giving and, 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 and charity is something that we're all familiar with. In fact, we just, we just talked about giving with this, with this PRC. The idea of, of doing good deeds. But Jesus tells us at the beginning here, he says, take heed. He gives us a kind of a warning. And I don't know about you, but uh, warnings are interesting. Like when, when you're warned about something, are you usually, are you usually thankful that you're warned? I, I find that I myself am usually not thankful to be warned by things. I'm like, I don't, I, don't warn me about that. I don't want to be warned about that. I don't like to be warned about certain traffic things. I don't want to be warned. But warning actually is a sign of love. I tell my kids this, and they, they hate it when I tell them this because, of course, it's a teachable moment, right? I'm like, Let me, I'm going I'm to warn you because I love you. I'm going to warn you because that's what I, I'm supposed to do as your dad, warn you. And he gives us this great warning about the charitable deeds. In some translations, it may say alms or or righteous, righteous giving. And he says, what is your motivation in doing it? Do you do it because you want to be seen by other people? Do you do it because you want to have a, a reward from other people? And you want to, you, yeah, I remember this, this great movie. There's this movie called The Apostles. Anybody seen that movie? So it's an amazing movie. And it's, it's, it's a very, it's a movie of great conflict. But in one of the scenes of this movie, this guy is in a church service and he's, he's in the back there and they're, they're kind of singing and worshiping. They're having a time of, of, uh, of giving. And the guy takes a $100 bill and he starts waving it in the air, you know, and he comes parading down the aisle and puts it in the box. And I just think to myself, ew, that's just horrible. That idea of, being, of, of giving to be seen by people. And that's exactly what we're being warned about here. When you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but we generally don't pass out trumpets as you come into the church <laughs> for the worship time or for the fact that to do it right in front of the tithes box back there. Because, of course, that's not really the thing that we want to encourage. In fact, we don't even do a time of of giving during the service because, actually because of this, this very passage. We don't want it to be about that. And you shouldn't want it to be about that either. To be seen by people is to be given the reward that you could have had in heaven, and then you're getting it now, and your reward kind of vanishes. What kind of reward do you want? What kind of reward do you expect? Who likes to be praised by other people? Just go ahead, let's, let's just raise our hands. Who wants to be praised by other people? Oh, it's, a terrible, it's a terrible thing, right? Like, I, I wish I didn't, but I totally do, you know? 
Like, who, who likes to be shunned by people? Yeah, exactly. Like, no one likes to be shunned by people. We don't like to be, be praised by people. Um, but Jesus tells us not to take out the trumpets because the glory of men is the one that fades and the glory that comes from the Lord is the one that remains. And that's really kind of what it gets down to. When, when you do this kind of giving where to be seen, um, it's a temporary gift. When you give and you are not seen, it's an eternal gift. But there's a great thing that comes with the eternal gift, and that is the gift of peace. How much do you value, how much do you value your peace? We have a saying in our house, is it worth losing your peace over? And a lot of things come down to that issue in your life. You know, you're discussing certain things and you're like, things are kind of getting a little bit heated or things are getting kind of out of sorts in the discussion and you're like, I'm going to lose my peace if I keep talking about this. I'm going to lose my peace if I keep going down this road. But here, the heavenly reward is peace now and the reward from God later. God always gives his peace. And it says here, if you, when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, and that, of course, is a, it's, a, it's kind of a conflict, isn't it? Because how can your left hand not know what your right hand is doing, right? You know, you can't, you can't, what do you, when you give, are you supposed to do this? Like, if I put this hand in my pocket and give this one, it won't know. My left hand, I don't know about your left hand, but it's connected to my body, which is connected to the single brain that I have. It knows. The issue is, what is your, what is your perspective on it? And really, the bigger issue behind all that is, what is your motivation? What is your motivation? Love is very much like this, too. Do you love people in order that they would know that you love them, or do you love them because of God's sake to love them? How do you love people when they, when they don't see you? How do you love people when you're not around them? The word here that he, he warns us about, which is the great word, is the word hypocrite. Hypocrite. That's the easiest word to throw out there. I don't know if you've heard this, but people say often, all oh, the church is filled of hypocrites. That's probably true, honestly. But what does it mean? Well, a hypocrite is actually a term that comes from the world of theater and acting. When people would go on the stage, they would wear either a mask or they would play a part of a character. So like, you know, they're, they're, they're Joe Schmo before they reach the theater and all of a sudden they're, Happy Harry! Hi! How's it going? That's hypocrisy. It's a theater term. And the thing is, he's saying, is he's, don't put on a, 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 a fake mask. Don't pretend that you're one way outwardly when you're another way inwardly. And this is a great problem for us, isn't it? Again, the inward, the outward, because we all wrestle with this. What, is it, what does it mean to be myself, my authentic self? What does it mean to show who I really am? You know, some people talk about this issue of, of, of wearing a mask. And they're like, you know, like, I feel like I have to wear a mask when I go 
to a certain place. Or maybe sometimes you feel like you have to wear a mask when you go to, a, uh, to work or, or put, on, put on a good face. You ever heard of that? Put on a good face? He's saying, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't put on a, some kind of some mask about who you are. But be who you really are. Don't pretend that it's something else. And especially in the area of our giving, this issue of doing it in secret in verse 4 here comes with this great thing that the Father who sees you in secret will himself reward you openly. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that. But when you give, and you give in a way that is unseen by men, there are blessings that come that only the Lord can provide for you in your life. So just as a, a, general, a, a general rule here, the inward versus the outward is something that we all wrestle with. So be not like the, what does it say here? Be like, not like the hypocrites, the, the uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the hypocrites, yeah, in the synagogues and in the streets. Let's move on to verse five. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Oh, here it is again. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. It's the same thing, isn't it? The same thing is with our giving. He says now, with your praying, the same thing. Now, there were, of course, these, these men, and, you, and in fact, if you go to Israel today, you'll see people out praying in the streets, doing this kind of motion, like, you know, the, the repeating after certain words and kind of going through things. And he's saying, why are you praying like that? Why are you talking to the Lord like that? You will have, there's no greater reward by doing a demonstration of prayer in public. There's no greater reward. He says, when you want to pray, go into a secret place. Go into a prayer closet. Go into a place where it's just you and the Lord, this private time that you have with him. And he says, there the Lord will see you, and the Father again who sees in secret will again reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, verse 7, as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Vain repetitions. Have you guys ever heard vain repetitions of prayers? (laughs) Have you experienced vain repetitions of prayers? What generally happens in your heart when you hear that? Are you thinking, oh, this is such a wonderful spirit-filled moment? Or are you thinking, here we go again? You know, a lot of this kind of comes down to the issue about what actually is prayer, right? What is prayer? Is prayer a thing you say before you eat? Well, I mean, yes, you, could, you can say things before you eat. Um, is prayer something that you do on Sunday morning? Yes, but what is it? It's talking to God. It's a conversation, a two-way street, right? You say something, you should hear something. You should say something, 
you should hear something. If you say something again, you should hear something again. I'm always surprised when, when you talk to kids about this issue of prayer. Sometimes I'll sit with a kid, I'm a, I'm a music teacher by trade, and sometimes I'll, I'll sit with a kid and we'll, I often pray with my students before we have, we have our, our music lesson. And I'll say, let's say that in this discussion of prayer, let's say that you were talking with a friend as though you were talking with God. And you walked up to your friend and you said, hey friend, how are you? I'm good. Great to see you. Do you want to play later? Yes, I like peanut butter. Okay. Good to see you too. Bye. And every time you saw this friend, you said the same thing. Hey friend, good to see you. I still like peanut butter. Can you play? That's okay. Bye. And just over and over, the friendship would die so quickly. Let's put it in marriage. What if, you were in, if you're married to your spouse and every time you see them, you say the same exact thing. Hi, great to see you. I love you. Where's dinner? Um, hey, good to see you. Where's breakfast? You know, like the same thing. You, the, you'd be like, are you there? Are you, th- hello? Hello, you just like, you have this like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Have a conversation with me. Talk to me. Listen to me. Be directed by the actual levels of the conversation, you know? And the same thing is true with us and the Lord. You know, one of the easiest ways for us to just start by praying is by saying, hi. You can say hi to God. You say, hi, Lord. You know, day's going okay. How are you? Have you ever asked God, how are you? He tells us in his word, his nature, he wants to have a conversation with you. As you lay things before him, as you, as you talk to him about how you're doing, he wants to have an actual conversation. And that's another thing that's really important about this issue of prayer and this whole thing of vain repetitions is that a vain repetition means you're always filling in the most wonderful time of prayer that we often miss, which is the silence. Why do we always have to fill in the silence? We need to listen. Vain repetitions means that you're the one that's always talking, always talking, always talking. Kind of like I'm always talking right now. It's kind of annoying, I know. I have to listen to myself all the time. It's terrible. But taking a moment to rest taking a moment of silence, you can actually hear what Jesus may be saying to you through the Spirit and through His Word. You know, sometimes we don't listen in prayer, which makes the conversation really hard to be a two-way street, doesn't it? Have you ever had that experience where where you do pray and then you're done saying your thing and you just sit and then the words come to your heart? Like Matthew 11, right? 
Let's all turn there. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How often do those words need to come to you in those times of prayer, of conversation with the Lord? But they may never actually reach your heart and minister to you because we're still yapping. (laughs) Speak to the Lord, yes, not, not vain repetitions. Just what's going on in your life? What's going on in your heart? What you're dealing with? But listen. There can be no vain repetitions from the God. Has God ever spoken in vain repetitions to you? Jeff, it's fine. Jeff, it's fine. Jeff, it's fine. No, God does not do that. He gives you a word that is perfectly fit for the moment, cut It's like a diamond cut perfectly to fit into the situation. He just kind of places it right in there. How often do our prayer times become maybe times of venting rather than times of listening? We take the time to just listen to the Lord, to hear him. You know, when you, study, when you study God's word, when you go through and you read it, and the stuff that we've read here in the first couple of verses about, about giving, it's God speaking to you. It's time for you to be quiet so that you can actually hear his voice and experience his peace and know his love. The same thing is true with our prayers. And I think this is one of the most important things about this whole thing about the inward and the outward is that he wants to spend time with you. He wants to minister to you. He wants to give you the love and the hug and the shoulder that only can happen when you're actually just with him. I, I, I love our times of fellowship. I love grabbing a coffee with you guys. I love having a, I just ate a cinnamon roll out there. It was fantastic. Love that. But I love my time with the Lord. I can just sit with Him, just hear His that that still small voice minister to me. You know, it's just you and Him. Like it's like like you're His only kid, right? And you just hear Him. You get the reassurance from Him. You get the strength from Him. And God loves that because He loves building His people. He loves building His children, and He does it largely. By spending one-on-one time with you. The inward you, not the outward you. Do you know that God loves the, the inward you? I mean, we all spend a lot of time working on the outer, right? The hair. The brows. My wife was talking to me about some kind of new eyebrow thing they were doing, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) 
but I know you ladies, like, you sometimes spend a lot of time thinking about your brows. I don't know why, honestly, but you do. Did you brush your teeth? Is my breath stinky? Is my breath stinky? The other day I went on a hike and I completely forgot deodorant. It was amazing. It's the real me right there. Real, the real me. You want to know the real me? Don't come too close. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. But that real you, pre-brow treatment, that's the you that he loves, guys. That's, and that's the place from which he wants you to, to do the giving back to him. You know? It's the place where, like, you are so absorbed by the love of God for you that all you want to, that what you want to do is give. He's like, there we go. The giving from being given to. And he wants your prayer life to have that same intimacy as he ministers to the inward you. And he wants you to know that that's the one he loves. God's never going to come to you and be like, you know, I was going to tell you about my forgiveness for you, but your hair was a mess. Like, get it together. And then, you know, or because, like, Jeff, one of your nose hairs, I mean, come on, clip that thing, and then we can talk. No, Jesus isn't like that. And some of you ladies are thinking, I wish he were. (laughs) Or the neck hair, come on, what's up with that? He loves the real you, and he wants to talk to the real you, you know? Like right after you blow your nose, Jesus is like, let's talk, let's go. Most other people would be like, uh, later. And he wants your prayer life to be marked by authenticity and beauty and just you for you, for you. You know, we often talk about God's love for people a lot of times we actually doubt that. We doubt that he loves us as we really are. We, we doubt that he wants to speak to us right where we are, with our hands stuck in the cookie jar, perhaps. But that's exactly where God wants to talk to you from. He wants to talk to you right where you are, and he wants to hear what you have to say even when you're in the midst of a troubling situation. Or maybe you're, maybe you're in, a, in, a, in a sinful situation and you don't, you don't know how to get out. You don't even know if you want to get out. You think God wants to talk to you there? Absolutely. Lord, I'm struggling to give up this area of my life. Lord, I'm struggling to make you Lord of this area because, well, I don't really want to. That's prayer. Lord, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to think 
a single nice thought to this person at work. You think you have to get all your stuff ready before you talk to God about that? No, 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 no. That's exactly what he wants to hear. Oh yeah, he'll say. Tell me more. Who are they? What do you know about them? What do they know about you? Who are they really? Who are you really? Is always what he's getting down to. And our, our loving of other people, our loving of other people is completely inhibited by the fact that we also don't receive God's love for us right where we are. How can you love another person the way God loves you unless you also are experiencing God's love for you and hearing his voice, letting it wash over you? You know, I think of us as like, we're all like cracked and jagged, right? All these little dips and valleys, you know, errors, problems, propensities. And what does a time of prayer with the Lord do? He kind of, it's like, it's like wax being poured over it and it just kind of just dips into each one of those crevices and just kind of fills it in. And we're like, oh, thank you. And then the next crevice and the wax pours in and he just keeps pouring in and pouring in until he just makes your life this smooth, beautiful surface. But we look at our cracks and we think, oh. But Lord, I have all these, all these cracks. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I know. And I've got all this wax, <laughs> he says. Let me pour it in to those cracks. Let me pour it into you. Let me pour it in so that you understand what it means to give from a place of being given to. There's no hypocrisy in that. There's no fakeness. There's no, you know what that is? That's not, that's not fakeness. That's called healing. And when you operate from a place of healing, of being healed, that's just the best, isn't it? So he tells us now in verse 9, in this manner, therefore, pray. And he gives us this instruction, what we call often the Lord's Prayer. Now, a quick preface. He doesn't say, because we just talked about the vain repetitions, and I don't know about you, but this prayer has been used as vain repetitions. So it's kind of, honestly, it's a little bit weird to kind of jump into this now. But he says, in this manner, pray. He doesn't say, pray these words every day at 642. Nope. He's giving us the parameters of what it means to speak to our Heavenly Father. What do we speak to Him about? What do we spend our time speaking to Him about? And then letting Him speak to us about them. Well, the first thing He jumps off into is our Father in Heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's just stop right there. Father. 
if, if, if in your prayer life, you're not thinking of him as a father who loves you, then you need to restart and return over that whole thing because that's exactly, that's who he is. And then you got to revisit the word before father, the our father. He's not my father alone. He's your father. He's our father. There's a communal sense of the fatherliness of the Lord. And then we get to hallowed be your name. This is a word that has fallen out of use in the English language mostly, except for the word Halloween, (laughs) which is weird. I don't know if you guys know this, but Halloween actually comes from the two words, hallows, Eve. The Catholic Church combined all the saints' days into one day called All Saints' Day on November 1st. And instead of celebrating all the saints, they said All Saints' Day. And then the, the day before that was Hallows' Eve, the day before. But that word is all about hallowing, which means what? Loving and giving glory to his name. Now again, going back to the issue of the model prayer, how can you actually hallow the name of the Lord unless you're actually looking up to him and just saying in, in, some, in some way, in some respect, wow. Wow. When's the last time you just just had the time to just tell God about all that he's done in your life, all the things that he has made for you, all the things he's done for you, and just said, wow. It's enough to make your your cup fall, isn't it? Wow, God. None of you in this room right now are thinking about the function of your liver. I know that seems like an odd thing to say. Let me say it again. None of you in this room are thinking right now about the function of your liver. But God is. You know why? Because he's really concerned about the function of your liver. And he's, he set that thing up to, to, to help your body. And that's one of those wows. Did anybody, when they were falling asleep last night, think to themselves, oh, I really hope my lungs work through the night because I'm not going to be consciously aware enough to tell them to keep breathing. And the last time I forgot that, it was a pretty rough night. No. You have in your bodies involuntary, which is kind of creepy sometimes to think, right? It's your body. It's my body. I operate it. I do what I want. Do you? Really? There's so much going on inside you that's involuntary that you have no control over. I'm so sorry to tell you that. Maybe your brows. You got a little control there. How many hairs are in them? Not as much control. Sorry. Involuntary. Things happening in you constantly, you have no control over. They're just working. This is hallowing the name of the Lord. I, I don't expect to put people put this on their prayer list, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you not to. Lord, thank you that my liver worked yesterday. How about a praise request like that, right? Thank you that I'm breathing today. How often have you praised the Lord for your big toe? 
if you had your, you had your big toe lopped off your foot, you would just be collapsing all the time. Let's give a praise to the Lord for big toes. Come on. Yeah. Let's praise the Lord for livers that work. Let's go. And all the involuntary things that I can't even think of or muster the words to say. And once again, hallow the name that made all those things. Hallowed be your name. A sense of awe. A sense of who the Father is. A sense that there is a communal R. I know some of you are thinking about the liver. I'm so sorry. But then he goes on. He says, give us this day our daily bread. And notice that. It doesn't begin, the conversation with God does not begin with, I need this, I need this, I need this, and see ya. It begins with hallowing his name, remembering who he is. And then we get into, Lord, I have some needs. Do you think the Lord knows that you have needs? He totally knows you have needs. We can go on passage and passage by passage. It talks about the Lord providing for our needs. He knows what you guys need. He knows what I need. And it's really comforting for me to know that. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our tomorrow bread. Nope, doesn't say that. Why? Because every day you need to come for the daily bread. What is the daily bread that you need even more than the bread that is out there on the table? You need daily bread. We all need daily bread, daily fillings, daily snack times, meals. I, you eat, what, three times a day? Some of you four, some of you two, whatever. As many times as you eat, as many times as how many times you need God's word to minister to you. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's right in there, isn't it? Boy, the Lord does not mince words about dealing with the stuff that we really struggle with. He's like, these guys need bread and they need forgiveness. And he tells us to come to him for forgiveness, but also to come to him that we would give out forgiveness. Are you forgiving your debtors? Or are you holding on to that? Are you allowing God to forgive you your debts? Are you going to him and saying, in that our father moment, in that moment of being together with him and enjoying him, are you saying, oh, but there's this area that I messed up in, Lord, so that he can minister and fill in that crack also? Or are you, you know, you can pray and avoid forgiveness. You can talk to God and not talk to him about those areas. <clears throat> I wouldn't suggest it, but it's possible. Deliver us from the evil one. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot verse 13. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
Do you daily need to be delivered? Is, is that your daily experience? It's my daily experience. I got to tell you. I daily need to be delivered from temptation because it's basically around every single corner. And that's part of being honest with God, by the way, about having that quiet time with him, about being not a hypocrite and being like, yeah, Lord, that's, that thing is tempting me. That thing is, it's taken me down before. Have you ever looked at the sin in your life and been like, that thing has taken me down this road way too often? He wants us to tell him about the fact that we have these temptations, that we have these problems. He says, just ask me to deliver you. You mean that's all it takes? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we, we make defeating sin harder than it actually is. Defeating sin is this. Lord, defeat the sin in me. That's submitting to God and asking for his help, which is what we're instructed to do in James 4. Verse 7. But are you letting the Lord fight the battle? Or are you like with so many? I'm going to do my prayers like this. I'm going to solve my sins by, you know, creating a barrier in my own life. Or are you actually going and saying to our Father, Father, I need help here. Deliver me from this temptation. As you take care of my daily needs. And then lastly, it ends with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The kingdom, the power, and the glory. It's not, it's not our kingdom. It's not our power. It's not our glory. It's his kingdom. And that's what he wants to build in each of you. He wants to build his kingdom reality with his power on full display and his glory being the only thing that receives all the praise in your life. That's what he's doing each and every day. He's building you, he's building me so that we see the kingdom in us. And we'll end with verses 14 and 15 and then we'll have a time of prayer. This is the one thing that he comes back from in the teaching of the prayer and, and, and revisits of all the topics. He doesn't come back and revisit the Father in heaven. He doesn't come back and visit the kingdom come. He comes back and revisits the forgiveness. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That is what we call a heavy word. And we're going to end with that today. And I'll just say one brief thing about that, which is dangerous for a pastor to say. Guys, as we receive from the Lord, right, this is all about receiving, right? The inward person understanding that prayer, that privilege we have in going to the Father. That's an inflow. But he's saying it can't only be in. It has to continue through you and it has to go out. And that's actually how our outer man is transformed. 
when God's mercy ministers to you and fills in all those gaps and all those crevices with his beautiful heavenly wax to kind of smooth out all the problems and things that you and I have, he says, all right, now let's pour this wax into the people that we run into every day, the people you drive next to, the people you are in the grocery store with, the people that you rub elbows with at work. Forgive other people their trespasses, just like your Heavenly Father did you. He doesn't say until they're your best friend and until you act like God to them. No, it doesn't say that. It says your job is to forgive as you have been forgiven. Let it flow out the same way that it flowed into you. Otherwise, how will people know? And this is the great challenge. And if you're bad at this, welcome to the club. (laughs) Welcome to the club. But it's never going to happen by not receiving and receiving and receiving more from the Lord and then asking him, Lord, how do I pour this out? How do I forgive in the same way that you've forgiven me? Then he'll teach you how to do it. He doesn't expect you to just come and, and, and know right away how it's supposed to be done. He expects you to come to him to show you how to do it. He just says, let it not be the something where it's just one direction, but it continues through. As we close our time today, we have a, a worship song. Let's all stand. Let the worship team can come up. And I'd really like you guys to, um, well, first of all, if, if you have particular need of, of forgiveness, maybe, maybe you are here today, you, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Um, there are going to be people up here at the front that would love to pray for you and pray with you. We won't pray vain repetitions. That's the one thing I can promise you. <laughs> but maybe you're struggling with forgiveness. I was just praying with some, some friends this morning, and I was struggling with some forgiveness issues myself. If you need prayer for forgiveness, come. Let's spend time together taking care of the Lord's business and being his kids. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.